Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the official Tennis.com podcast featuring professional coach and community leader, Kamal Murray. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray. And before we get started with today's show, we want to congratulate Jessica Pagula on winning her first WTA 1000 title. It's funny because coaches always know. When I was in San Diego, I had a chance to talk to her coach, David Whitten. He said, man, she's seeing it like a beach ball right now. It's a special time. And he was right because the only person that beat her in San Diego was Iga Sviantek, the best player in the world, the best player this year, and the person who won the title in San Diego. And Jesse won the next week and won Guadalajara. Congratulations to Jessica Pagula. This week, we had a chance to sit down with the future and the present of women's tennis, Coco Golf. She's about to appear in her first WTA finals in singles and in doubles. And we had a chance to talk about where she gets her competitiveness from, what it's like to now have her own shoe, what social media platforms she pays attention to, and what motivates her. Take a listen. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I am your host, Kamal Murray, and we are with the future of tennis, Coco Golf. Coco, thanks for coming to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I've been lucky enough to see you go through all the steps, right? From a teenager to sitting in the bar talking to your dad after matches you won and matches you lost. Mm -hmm. And we had probably five or six or 10 beers <laughs> talking about the yeah. match. So this year you sort of reached a new plateau, right? And so when you see like people make to the NBA, mm -hmm. they always say, oh man, when I made it to the NBA, I couldn't wait to buy that, so I bought a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So now that you've gone through like your process, what's the one purchase that you made or your parents allowed you to make? Because getting to the fourth round of every slam is one thing, but like getting to the finals, like, okay, I'm gonna get a seven figure check. What's mm -hmm. the one thing you always wanted that you were able to get? Or have you still gotten it yet? Um, honestly, I haven't made a big purchase <laughs> after the finals. <laughs> um, I'm not really a spender. So for me, I always tell myself if I go into the store and I, if I, if it's, if it's expensive, if it's something cheap, I'll get it right away. But if it's expensive, like if I really wanted it, I would come back and get it. And that hasn't happened to me yet. I mean, I've bought myself some designer purse, purses and stuff, but, um, and that was actually before the final. This is when I had like my first like grand slam check. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so there was never nothing that I was actually eyeing that I wanted. So actually my car, my dad bought it for me. So I didn't even like have to pay for that. But if that, that would have been the purchase that I splurged on, but then he surprised me with it. So I was like, okay, well now I don't know what to buy now. <laughs> <laughs> so now you need to like, identify something and use it for motivation you know yeah. girls always need motivation i remember i coach some players sometimes and i say you know what if you buy this i'll go with you and i'll pay for half your alligator bag <laughs> so you need a little carrot yeah if my, if this is my brother he always said he wanted a bugatti and i said well you better make it big if you want a bugatti <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen one in person so that's that's even past nba yeah. swag like, not a lot of bugatti that's like <laughs> miami kind of like rapper type swag. yeah crypto money <laughs> So, um, 
prior to this year, like I said, you got to all the forefront of every slam, but this year you finally hit that plateau where you got to the final. What do you think the difference was? Um, I think it was not focusing on the finish line. When you reach the second week of the slam, you definitely see it, but it's so far away. So I think for me, I was not focusing on that. I was just focusing on the point in front of me. And I think that put a lot of less pressure on myself. And so I, when I got through, um, I remember that quarterfinal match at French Open was a breakthrough moment for me because I lost in the quarters a year before. And I think I lost in the quarters because I was seeing that finish line. And this time I was like, well, I'm not going to worry about it because the finish line is way further than it is. And I still didn't reach the finish line in the end. But um, next time I think I'll learn from it. So you talked about your quarterfinal breakthrough like this year at the French Open. And I've seen, like, this year we've seen Serena kind of, like, go on her way out. Mm -hmm. And I, as a coach, I always, like, look at how players are competing. Mm -hmm. And I've seen players sort of bow to the queen, if you will, where they're, like, trying to be very respectful, not pumping their fists. And I feel like it takes away from, like, them being into the match. Mm -hmm. But you've been somebody who's been, like, the giant killer mm -hmm. your whole career, but doing it in, like, a nice way where they don't <laughs> make, you don't make them hate you <laughs> afterwards. So where did you get that from, right, where you're able to say, you know what, I grew up watching this player but in the next hour and a half i'm gonna kill her i'm gonna try to kill her um well if anybody's spoken to my dad you can see where <laughs> that mentality is i'm not gonna say the exact words he says because they will get censored but uh, i've heard him at the bar yes you you've definitely heard the conversations and um obviously my parents raised me to have a lot of respect for players but um you know they always say when you go on the court like it's just you and the ball and whoever you have to play against and you're not really playing against that player you're playing against the ball and yeah that's kind of how i approach it but i don't treat the quote and unquote like anyone differently any opponent differently than i would um that one than i would if i was playing serena because you know you gotta serena you still gotta be her in two <laughs> sets um but yeah there's definitely an intimidation factor that you have when you play them and you have to do your best to um not fall into that and i definitely think it works for some players um because, yeah, Serena and Venus, like, they're definitely intimidating. But you just got to, like, try to pretend that you're playing against somebody that you hate on the court. Um, not really a tennis player. could be a person. <laughs> so I'm still waiting on my New Balance Coco golf shoes. <laughs> so we're speaking about plateaus, right? Mm -hmm. So this year was another plateau. You know, you get to the fourth round, quarter of a slam. You probably don't get your own shoe. You get to the final, you mm -hmm. get your own shoe. <laughs> so tell me about the process of – Designing a shoe because I always I do, go through your Instagram mm -hmm. um, and you got a unique style, so I'm sure you're very involved in the process. Tell me about the process. Yeah, so I wanted it to look like a basketball shoe, um, so th that's where the mid kind of top goes comes from. And then I wanted very I didn't want it to look like any other shoe on the market. And I think that for me, I don't th I think my shoe is the most unique shoe on the market. I don't think there's another tennis shoe like it. And I wanted it to be something that people could wear off the court as well and something that I would wear off the court as well, too, which honestly I don't because I'm just playing in them all the time. So <laughs> I don't actually is the last thing I want to put on off the court. Don't want to be reminded of tennis. Um, but, yeah, it, honestly, it took like two, maybe even I think two and a half years processing it. And I remember when they first bought it to me, I didn't like it at all. It was way, way too heavy. Um, it looked good. It looked exactly the same, but I was like, guys, if <laughs> I can't play in this, like, <laughs> as a, especially me, the way I cut and all that, I was like, this is impossible. And so, um, they went back and fixed the whole thing up and, you know, it took about three times of them changing the shoe over a course of two years to actually make it playable and look good. So they got it right this year. Yeah. So, you know, when people see you, you're at the stage now where people are like, fangirl love you. Oh, that's Coco. Even grown men, right? They're yeah. like, oh, oh, that's Coco. Everybody, right? Yeah. 
So who's the one or two pe- people that make you kind of fangirl where you've like met them like, oh my God, I got to go meet them. Mm-hmm. Or the person that you like are dying to meet. Because as a coach, mm-hmm. when I hear like, oh, my player wants to go meet that guy. I'm like, oh Lord, I'm like <laughs> cringing, right? <laughs> um, but who's the one person that you fangirl over or you'd like to meet? Um, I would say probably Michael B. Jordan and like <laughs> that type of way. Um, yeah, I think he's very good looking. I, he's way <laughs> out of my age range. So I would just have to go meet. <laughs> um, I really like him a lot. Um, and then other than that, um, I don't know, honestly. I mean, maybe sort of, I did meet Valkyrie just like as a fan. I watched her streams. She's a streamer on Twitch and I, I fangirled over her, but like in a crush type of way, definitely Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh man, stay away. He way too old. <laughs> yeah, but that's I just need the picture. That's it's, all. It's I know I'm no I'm have no chance. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have to choose someone realistic. I can't say who I'm actually <laughs> thinking. Well, let me vet them. You know, I'm a good like guy <laughs> vetting. You live fifteen minutes with me and I can give you the thumbs up, the thumbs down. <laughs> Or he'll never come back around never after I get done with him. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Good you. luck the rest of the year. I've enjoyed watching you. Congratulations on thank your you. best year yet. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Our next guest is always entertaining. Danielle Collins, DC, a.k.a. Danimal. She's an open book. She has said time and time again she's not afraid of anybody. She's what I call instant offense. She's only played 11 tournaments this year and is up to 14 in the world. She started off great at the Australian Open, struggled with some injuries. She talked to us about what she did during her time to stay motivated, stay close to the game, what makes her tick, and where she gets her fearlessness from. As always, Danimal is a treat to talk to. Take a listen. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray, and we are here with Danimal, Danielle Collins. You're the woman with like many nicknames, but I think Danimal is your favorite. Is it your favorite? I would say so. Yeah. And it's becoming like a bit of an alias. You know, like I'll call <laughs> for dinner reservations and I'm like, what? they'll say, what name? And I'll say Danimal. And they're kind of like laugh and they're like, no name. And I'm like, Danimal. And they're like, uh-huh. They're like, what? <laughs> And those of us who know you know you are dead serious. Yeah, I like being called Danimal. It's fun. Like I like being called by my nicknames. Danielle's cool, but it's like I mean, DC's cool too. I, I know mean, a lot, lot of, of Danielle's. Like... It's a very common name, so I like spicing it up. Danimal, DC, yeah. Tenacious D. Like I just want to keep it fun. I don't want to. I just feel like my name can be a little stale sometimes. Danielle. Yeah. It's you know around the mill. Yeah. But Danimal, DC. Like, it's yeah. funny when I watch you play, it's like, that person must know her because he called me like DC. Like, everybody in the crowd is now your friend mm. calling you DC. <laughs> it's like, she's becoming very popular. So, January, finals of the Australian Open. You had the chance to play Ash Barty, her last match, and the highest ranked American at that time. And legitimately, everybody was your friend. Yeah. How's your, and then injuries hit. So tell me how your year has been, because obviously you was like top of the mountain at that time, uh, up 5-1 with a chance to win the Australian Open. Hot as heck in the injuries. So tell me how you have handled like this whole year. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been one of my best years on paper and have had some of my best achievements and reached some goals of mine that I've had. And there's been setbacks with that, too. I feel like every athlete, even if they're, you know, winning Super Bowls or Grand Slams, they all we all have setbacks. So it's just part of sports, especially with the injuries. I mean, I feel like with the way our schedule works and how many tournaments we play and not having much of an off season, it's a given. You're going to have some injuries. And, you know, we see it every tournament, people pulling out, multiple people pulling out and not being able to play. So it's tough, right? And I think the biggest takeaway for me this year has just been learning more about myself and learning that while other people might be doing things certain ways, that might not be what's best for me. So a lot of players are playing 18 to 20 tournaments a year. That's not for me. That doesn't work for me. And I've had one of my best years only playing 10 tournaments. And I'd like to be able to stick with that because I feel like I'm just, you know, better mentally, but also better with my game when I have more time to train, to get back on the practice courts, to try to work on things technically and tactically away from being in a tournament. And I take a lot of pride in my hard work. And it's hard to spend those hours on court and training in the gym and doing all the things you need to when you're busy competing and getting ready for each match. So I've just, yeah, learned a lot about myself this year. And I feel like it's going to help me moving forward to schedule a little bit better. And um, I think I'll be able to go into the tournaments with more confidence, knowing that I've prepared well and that I'm 100% ready physically without having to deal with, you know, two or three injuries at a time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I would have figured that out maybe a little bit sooner, <laughs> but, you know, it's something that I learned and it's something that I hope that I can keep doing because I also feel just better mentally day to day when I can have time to be at home and enjoy spending time with family and friends and having my other activities and hobbies that I can actually partake in because when we travel it's hard um, we're really focused on tennis and our career and it's great but we don't get a lot of time to you know sit back and really enjoy things and I think um, just finding that balance has been really key for me. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. So what are your top two hobbies? My top Other two than shopping, hobbies. I mean, I think the world knows you are like prolific shopper, shopper <laughs> fashionista. You haven't seen me in six months. The first thing you comment on are my shoes. I'm like, this girl is like fashion icon. So what are your top two hobbies? My top two hobbies, I was never a good cook. And then when COVID hit, and restaurants were closing, I said, I've got to learn how to make a good meal. Because how are we going to survive just, you know, eating the basics out of cans and stuff? Who wants to do that? So I had to learn how to make some good meals. And now I, I really have a lot of fun cooking. It's when I'm at home, I never go out to eat. Very rarely do I go out to eat, like maybe once a week for like lunch if I'm in a rush. But I make everything from scratch at home. I take so much like I have so much joy in cooking a good meal. And I love watching cooking shows. I love getting good books. Um, I have a few that I like have learned most of my my meals that I've cooked well from. So um, yeah, I would say cooking for sure. Sure, I just I love making food. I love um, entertaining and having people over. Especially, I have a really nice community where I live and friends with all of my neighbors and the people around me. So um, I have 
a lot of them over for game night and I make food and host little parties and stuff. So that's really fun. Um, and I'd say my second, my second hobby, um, I love, I really love watching surfing. I think they're incredible athletes. I admire them so much because I'm not as brave as them. <laughs> um, I'm terrified at like, in a way to get on a board just because I, I think in some ways I think about the injuries and hurting myself, but I just think it's such a special skill too to like be able to catch a wave, be able to ride it out. And I really just admire them so much as athletes. I think they're so special. Um, and yesterday on my off day, I was able to go to the beach and watch them and I just love it. Um, I feel like if I wasn't playing professional tennis, I probably would try to do some of it and learn myself. But with the injuries I've had, I got to be a little careful. So, yeah, I just find so much joy like watching the surfing. Most of the time when I'm at home, I have the surfing on in the background <laughs> because I just find it so relaxing watching them. Um, it's such a beautiful sport. So I, yeah, I love I love doing that. I'm really passionate about animals. I have a lot of pets and. Um, you know, I try to spend a lot of time with my pets when I'm at home. So I feel like my my life revolves around them a little bit. So like my dog, Quincy, he <laughs> he gets home cooked meals. I remember Quincy. Yeah. So he yeah. So he gets home cooked meals. He has scrambled eggs for breakfast and he gets pan seared salmon for dinner with roasted vegetables. He is the most spoiled dog on this universe. So I take a lot of pride cooking for him, too, because I see the joy that it brings to his face. And, and you know, when he's away from me. You know, he doesn't get to, with the other dogs, you know, with my, staying at my parents or my friends, like he doesn't get to eat, um, you know, Pretty gourmet meals, yeah, gourmet meals every, <laughs> every day. So I know how much he appreciates it when he gets to come home and gets to have home cooked meals. So I love my, my pets and, and being with them and it brings so much joy to my life. So yeah, I've got quite a few hobbies. I love being out on the water, jet skiing, boating, um, watching the surfing, uh, I like hiking too. I don't get to do a lot of that in Florida, but when I was in Virginia living there, I got to be outside a lot. And, um, yeah, I, I hope that in the future I can do some more camping. Um, it's really like my goal after staying in so many hotels over the course of my life, uh, playing competitive tennis to not have to stay in a hotel. So I'd really like to get into more glamping and have a really nice RV or like an Airstream that I can, I can see, you know, the, I can, I can go to like the West coast. I can see Oregon. I can do Cal like all of California. I can go to the Redwoods. I can go to Utah. I can go to Colorado and I don't have to stay in a hotel. I can stay in my own bed with my own things and my own shower. And yeah, so that's something I've been passionate just about like learning more about. And, um, I have some friends that are really into the camping. So I'm hoping they'll like kind of help me. <laughs> But yeah, I hope that when I'm done playing, I can do more camping. So you're not going to be like a pickleball pro after you retire. Like everybody, every other tennis player now is becoming a good pickleball pro. Not Danielle. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, I got to stick to what I'm good at. <laughs> and I've tried pickleball a few times and I'm actually terrible. Yeah. Like it, I just feel like I should probably stay far away from the pickleball courts because I just am not that good at it. Um, no, I, 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 there's just been so many like things away from tennis that have caught my interest like horses and horseback riding and those kind of things and being outside like doing more nature stuff um 
So I feel like I'll probably gravitate more towards something like totally different rather than like picking up another racket sport. <laughs> um, but you never know. Maybe I'll sign up for a few. So when you have these game nights, does Danimal come out? Because when I look at you and I think about your personality, I think it's like instant oatmeal. Regardless of how many matches, like this year you played 25 matches. No matter how many matches you played in a year, if you're going to step on the court with Danielle, you'll be ready. If you're going to like compete at anything with Danielle, you better be ready. So when I just watched you play now, I'm like, damn, this girl's only played 25 matches and she is like getting after it. So where does that come from to just be able to pick right up? I mean, you beat Caroline Garcia, you know, recently, and she was hot from her U.S. Open. Like, where does it come from from, like, being injured, not playing a lot, to now it's time to turn up? Yeah, I mean, I think I was born with a competitive aspect, but I think all of us on tour were, right? Because, I mean, being professional athletes, you have to be competitive. It's like, if you're not competitive, how are you going <laughs> to you gonna get to the highest level? So well, I was definitely born, yeah. So I was definitely born with that part. It just comes really natural. I embrace it. I have fun with it. Um, I like to have, like, the banner. Um, I'm not able to obviously like do that like during my matches but you know when I'm playing at home with friends and um competing on court with like different guys you know we can have some banner and go back and forth and make it really fun and that's something I really enjoy about tennis my dad tried to get me into the swimming in the beginning and I felt like I couldn't do that in swimming you know like in tennis like there's so much more conversation that takes place and I just I love that so I was definitely born with it but um I would say, too, you know, I can show up to the tournaments because I practice and train so hard. So I always come come in like physically prepared and ready to go so that I take a lot of pride in my hard work. And hopefully when people look back at the end of my career, they'll remember me as someone that worked really hard and did the right things um, in training. And because that that I think has been what's really like gotten me to where I am is all the hard work that I've put in over the years. Um, but, yeah, game night at my house Um I'm very competitive. Uh, everyone will tell you uh, when I'm playing Jenga, for example, you know, if it starts getting a little shaky or wobbly on someone, I'll be like <laughs> <laughs> trying to like blow it over, <laughs> waving my hands, right. like praying that I'll like. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we talk about all your hard work, and I know you're a fashionista. What's the one purchase that you are planning with your next big check? Ooh. What plant? I mean, okay, one of my other hobbies is doing home projects, renovating a bathroom, updating floors. So even though I love retail, I'm really into like sprucing up my home. So I would say probably I'd like to put in an infrared sauna in my house. I'd like to get one of those because I love to make like a little like area where I can have like some spa qualities. Like I don't have a big enough house to have like a full blown out spa, but to have like a few little things that I can have like for recovery and to relax. And I think that that's probably going to be my next big splurge because I've been really grateful. Like, 
you know, I, to be where I am and to, you know, like I got to go to fashion week and my agent and manager will like help me get hooked up with some free stuff here and there. And I've been really grateful like in that area, but I love, um, I love like being able to spruce up my home. I know I'm not a very handy person. I'm terrible. If you ask me to fix something, I, it's so hard for me to figure it out. Um, but I want to be able to like do those types of things. So I'm determined. And when I have people over working on things, I am watching them like a hawk because I want to learn how to like, I want to learn about like electricity and like plumbing and all the things that go into a home so that I don't always have to call somebody to come fix it. And like, I just like love the process of learning about it. Mm. So now we know guys, next time we see Danielle running after the ball for her dear life, we know she's motivated by this in-home spa she's working towards. Yes. My little <laughs> oasis. Yes. And hopefully, you know, I can, um, yeah, like add some other things to it as well. Like I'm hoping for, yeah, maybe like a jacuzzi at some point. You're gonna need a bigger house. You're <laughs> no, gonna need a new house. Need a, yeah, probably a different <laughs> setup <laughs> because I don't have much of a backyard. But yeah, I'd love to have like a jacuzzi. There's a lot of things I can dream, right? Right. <laughs> well, you know, they're attainable with your hard work, your profession, your commitment, your results. They're there. So just keep going. Yeah. Well, thank you for sitting down with us. This has been the Tennis.com podcast with Danielle Collins. Thank you.